0: by two brothers, Victor. You must remember those words. Gordon is welcome back to Stories Out of Time and Space. I'm your regular host Scott Weatherly and as always I'm joined by Julian Darius. Julian, how are you doing? You okay? I'm doing great. I, I feel like I might be a roach. How about yeah. you? Uh yes, I'm all good mate. I'm all good. Yeah, I feel that uh you know I'm I feel like I'm being controlled to sort of make sure that the reality I'm I'm in living in is is the one I enjoy or the one I want to accept. Uh, But we are we are into uh, season three, episode four, episode five. Sorry, men against fire. I quickly just give us our sort of little blurb. Future soldier Stripe and or future soldiers Stripe and Raymond uh, must protect frightened villagers from an infestation of vicious feral mutants. That's the sort of the tagline. We'll get into it from then, and, and don't, as always, spoilers ahead. Uh, anyway, so, Julian, what were your initial thoughts then for Men Against Fire?
1: I have always liked this episode, um, mm. and for me, this is a very good episode that kind of gets points for me for its message—that mm. um, it is an anti-war message with echoes of Starship Troopers—that you know gets at um, sort of it feels much more like an old Star Trek or an old Twilight Zone episode expanded to an hour. Um, and it's got a lot of heart in terms of saying talking about the way that we objectify the other um, and, you know, fall prey to this kind of thing and imagining a world in which essentially the military has used technology to that effect. And so I'm really um moved by its anti-war message. Uh what about you?
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I I really like this episode. Um again, I feel that the pacing of this episode and then the end, end reveal um everything works. They've almost like hit a new stride by this point. Um, but I really like this. Um I like it. It kicks into a couple of tropes, but I like the I like the way they've used them for shorthand. Um I think the main guy who plays Stripe um, getting, um Malachi Kirby is very good. I actually really like him as a character. I think he does really, really well. Um what's unfortunate the, the 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 person who plays Ray, um, the more sort of like, you know, brutal sort of uh, female soldier, uh Madeline Brewer, the only issue I had, I've seen her in um uh, Handmaid's Tale. She's a character in mm. that, and she's very, very good, great actress. But it's kind of weird because I recognise the voice, and I'm just like, it feels slightly off because I reckon I know her more as this the character who's a lot more um, fragile psychologically and other stuff. So it's kind of weird, but. Um, I, and I do want to touch on her as a character, but no, I thought this was really good. I really like this episode. Uh, I like the message. I like the technology. This idea of the mil- This is something we've talked about. A lot of the stories have been either like you know commercial use, entertainment use, or something else. I like the idea we're now getting into the military use of some of the technology. That I'm sure this has got some commercial application in this world of this episode. Like you know, this has got that same um, I projection technology that we've seen in everything from you know the 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 full complete history of you and uh white christmas that we've seen this te- this idea before so i love the fact we're seeing this as like a military technology where they can see like maps and everything like it feels like a com- you know like uh like what's it like a computer game kind of thing where you're going to call up the map and you can follow it around and that sort of thing so yeah mm-hmm. i love this idea so yeah it's cool it's a good episode this
1: Right, and and this is playing. If the last one played with virtual reality, this is playing with augmented
0: reality. Yes, um,
1: which again, obviously, we have presently. Um, and and I was really won over. Also, as you pointed out, by the military applications that mm. you know, we know, technology often is pioneered by the military. Um, and so, you know, seeing like those maps and seeing you know the way they interact, um, it, it has. I think quite consciously, the Starship Troopers echoes, mm. but it quite makes sense to be able to, you know, for example, draw that farmhouse on the on the ground in front of you and have everyone see the same thing. Um, so I, I was really won over by that too.
0: Yeah. Oh, what was? Yeah, I know. I agree. I think that's. Good. And there's some good scenes when they're doing that like in the, you know, their leader, um, uh, Medina. I think is, is is the name of the character is saying like, right, we're going to enter, you two enter here, you do this. Like they've got it as a schematic and able to sort of like, I was like, that's cool. I like that. Um, one of the things um, I said about the tropes and you mentioned Starship Troopers, the, 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 the opening of this is aliens hmm. without a doubt. Like, you know, they talk up, they, they get up and they're like, you know, we're going on a roach hunt and I'm like, Oh, the, now, this is like it's another bug hunt you know it's like this feels like the, the Marines call out of aliens um and I thought that was going kind to of cool and I think I like the fact that you know I, I'm, I'm happy like I, I love aliens it's fine I'm, I'm I'm cool with that and um the character of Ray the female soldier is clearly supposed to be a Vasquez kind of mm. sort of like a hardened Soldier she's equal to the men and all that kind of stuff um and again that's cool I'm happy with that I just think, unfortunately, I think that the, the, the Madeline Brewer who plays the character doesn't quite pull it off. Um, yeah, I
1: agree with that.
0: Which is a shame. She's good and she's fine, but she never quite feels. It feels like a she's playing tough rather than being tough, um, which is slightly yeah. different. But um,
1: I would put it as sort of like she's more disturbed. Than tough, right? Like there's something there. There's some like trauma. She's so gung-ho and sort of like over the top in her performance that you sort yeah. of feel like there's a little like glimmer in her, her eye of craziness, you know, that isn't really explained by the plot. That I feel like, oh, she joined for some reason, whether it was, you know, she's got a delight in killing, or you know, um you you, you, almost,
0: know, the, wanna, you, the... you almost wanna you almost want to find out that she doesn't have mass or she doesn't have the, the extent <laughs> of the mass that he has. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, that would be interesting. The, like, no,
1: they're like, we took your psych profile. You're a straight up psychopath, Like,
0: you don't, need yeah, this shit. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good to go off in the field. Out you go um so yeah i should also highlight the technology that they call again like you know this is this is another episode of technology as you said augmented technology this is sort of post-human you know technology being injected into the human this is called mass and it goes into the eyes and stuff or or affects the eyes um yeah and again i like this idea now one of the things again about the pacing about this episode And the reason it works is I think it starts to drop information in a a more successful way at times than other episodes have. Um, So basically the story is, so there's there's these things called roaches. Um, And again, like you say, you're dropped in. You have to learn as you go. There was exposition, but you've got to pick it up as you go. And you're shown things and told things. Um, But these, these soldiers, I like the fact that they are in a, they're in the Netherlands, which is an odd thing. They seem like an American Uh, military force in the Netherlands. Um, And there's a village that has had the food stores attacked and food and everything stolen and parts stolen from different bits and pieces. Uh, And so they then have to go and sort and sort of like track these roaches. And you have no idea what they are until they do find this nest or this, this, this place, this guy's been harboring them. And then you find out these roaches and when they are presented, they're like vampires from 30 Days of Night, you know, they're very feral, Mm. they're animalistic, aggressive, got sharp teeth and all this other stuff. Like, they look vampiric. Um, And so they have to be put down. They're a danger. And so you are on the side of the military for this whole part where they're like, yeah, you've got to put them down as brutally as possible. Um, And again, I like the fact that this a bit like with, um, you know, we're getting that, but like that shut up and dance again, you're being presented with, a position like it's forcing you almost into a position to side with the aggressor in this in this instance. And that's so I like the fact that it does that from a story point of view. Um and then one of them flashes uh stripe and he then his mass starts to play up, and you you know, you get his, his dreams. I like the fact they they reward them with mm. sexual or gratifying sexual dream. dreams, yeah. yeah. It's all part of the mass. They can be fully programmed. Uh, But then the reveal is, which is, I think this is the important bit, that he then goes to do a further bug hunt or further roach hunt and comes across a woman and and, and a young girl, or a young boy, even sorry, and then has to protect them because Ray is coming for them. But he doesn't see them as roaches. He just sees them as people. And then the reveal is that, well, there are no roaches. It is just people with, as they refer to it, weak DNA and the mass projects for your senses for you to look, they look like this animalistic vampiric creature. Um, and, and then and also dulls your senses so that you cannot mm. smell or hear certain things. And I love that. I was like, cause they, cause when he loses his mass, he's like, I can smell the dirt and the grass. Yeah, the like, grass. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that moment. It's a nice that,
1: little touch.
0: Yeah, and everyone else is like, "What? Are you, what are you talking about?" And he's like, "I've forgotten that we couldn't smell this." Um, and so yeah, and so we'll, we'll go from there. But what, what are your thoughts on those sort of things? This idea then of the roaches being, you know, this this mass technology and stuff.
1: Well, getting back to sort of the the anti-war message and and the concept of tropes. um, you know this borrows very heavily from zombie movies too mm. um they look sort of nosferatu-ish uh you know but they were told that they are like infected with a virus you know um and so you know we've had of course this surge of zombie literature uh you know with walking dead and other things and i think one of the problems with zombies and i think also to a lesser degree with aliens and a lot of you know monster movies is that they're presented as inhuman subhuman zombies grunt they're you know there's no saving them there's no cure you know anytime people talk about a cure you know it's not going to work out um and so it's a fundamentally conservative genre right Mm. um in, in which there's an invading other right? That you could draw a parallel to that's Mexicans crossing the border who don't speak the language and are perceived as dirty. And Trump starts this thing with, you know, they're rapists and some of them are good people. You know, this sort of xenophobic concept of the other um, literally turned into a subhuman form. And so you could make the argument that the zombie genre, you know, in which there's no solution but to murder them, right? There's no living in peace, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, we could just erect these walls and, you know, give them some food and they don't really attack people anymore because they've got a food source. That's not the way zombies ever work, right? The only good zombie is a dead zombie. Yeah, And that's true also like an alien. They're very sophisticated aliens, but all they <laughs> want to do is kill and lay eggs and humans. Yeah, They don't have any space for technology. They, there's not an advanced civilization here. um, And so... Could I say what those...
0: you said? It's almost, it's almost, I think I might even be lying I this, the only good roach is a dead roach. Is It's that kind of mentality, isn't it? And it plays it for, so yeah, yeah. Right. sorry, carry on.
1: Yeah, and there's no communication possible, right? Yeah. Because it's literally cut off what they're saying and making a sound like these grunting, you know, sort of thing, noises. Um, And so one of the challenges of those genres, I think, unlike vampires, right, which are like Anne Rice and, and others can do and make them sexy and make them attractive mm. and, and you can, they can be used to tell LGBT stories and stuff um, they adapt well to more liberal themes mm. it's really hard to do these kinds of stories and do a liberal theme out of it out of a zombie type story and this figures out a way to do it um, and to do it in a way that turns it into an anti-war message and I think Starship Troopers tries to do that you know, but ultimately, you know, you still feel like, let's get those bugs, they're murderers. Yeah. But also like it's a corrupt civilization doing this, right? Um, here it's just, oh no, that corrupt civilization has lied and there aren't even bugs, right? Mm. Um, this is all just genocide.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. And I think, you know, you say this about the, the, the othering. I mean it, this is totally you know that you mentioned obviously the idea of the Mexicans. I mean, this leans more into, and I re- I think there's a reason. You know, this is it's Dutch, but like I think saying German would probably be too on the nose. So they've gone for an, you know that sort of European country for a reason. Um But the, when he finds Katrina and her son Alec, and like she's saying, you know, that the mass is gone. He sees him as human, and she's explaining and saying like. Well, it all started with, you know, uh, this thing on, you know, it was mentioned on TV, on the internet, on radio, that, like you know, we had weak DNA and, and, you know, there was this thing. It's not one thing. And this is what I think is interesting. It's like, it's not one thing. It's a lot of diagnoses. It's like, oh, they've got this, they've got this, they've got this. Like, they are. Not it's it's not a virus, this isn't like a zombification virus or something else like this is just their DNA is flawed um and stuff. what's interesting is like there's clearly villagers that live in an absolute mm. like you know almost like a medieval sort of conditioning like I'm curious as to what's happened to drive the rest of society to this situation uh and to require food stores, but yeah, it's like the fact that they are they're othered and then. They were like, you know, well, we've got to stop this for the future. We've got to stop them from breeding. We've got to get rid of them. Like, you know, um, and there's a character uh, who's one of the soldiers, uh, Leonard, who says, like, well, we've dealt with this in all the cities. Like, you know, how is it we're still trying to deal with this in the, in the rural areas? Like, they keep finding it. Suggesting that there's, you know, bolt holes of this in more rural areas. But there was clearly, like, an absolute, as you say, genocide in, in more urban areas where you know people must have been absolutely wiped out in you know a, a wave of violence so again it's never like it's never fully stressed but the 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 stuff that's alluded to is like what the f- what the hell happened then for, for this to be in this place this, this is in- incredible um so I like that but yeah this idea which she actually goes through and it, it the language that's being used to me aligns them with the way that the the Jews were treated in Nazi Germany, which I think, you know, is clear the parallel I think they're trying to go for with the European sort of angle as well. But it works. Like, it works really well. Um, and I like this thing where S- Stripe is just like, it's a lie. Like, the whole thing's a lie, um, you know. And it, it's that thing of, but then countered with what the doctor tells him, uh, uh, that Dr. Arquette, forget mm. to, but yeah, this idea of the others is is like you said. It's this thing of the fact they're called roaches, which obviously is a cockroach. You know, they're hard to kill. They sort of scatter in the light. All these other things like they you, they've not just othered them, and they have denigrated them down to like the insect form. um And then they've actually this this technology has othered them through physicality and, and and sound. It's fascinating. It's a really interesting sort of. It makes me wonder: Did only the soldiers see this? It was clearly the case, I think, by the 10. So, Mm -hmm. you know, um, what do villagers and normal people sort of know and see and stuff?
1: Well, I have a couple of points about this. You know, one is you're right uh, that it harkens back to the Nazis and propaganda videos of Mm. uh, Jews scouring, I mean, of rats scouring, you know, juxtaposed to Jew images of Jews. Um, and this real dehumanization, literal dehumanization that Mm. the Nazis did. But of course this was produced in, in 2016, you Mm. know, when Donald Trump is running, you know, I mean, and those same tropes, that same language, uh, was and is used about, uh, Muslims coming Mm -hmm. to America, Mm -hmm. about Mexicans, about, you know, you name it, uh, you know, uh, whatever the villain of the day is. I mean, it used to be used about communists, um, you know, and there are variations like, you know, the the Jews and uh, communists were sort of said to be smart and wily, you know, um, yeah. you know, whereas obviously the roaches are not. But that was also part of the dehumanization. Right. That's, you know, partly how you can suspend disbelief and believe that somebody inhuman also controls global markets, right? You know, yes. I mean, it, it's absurd. But also, you know, this is the era in which those same things are being said in your country um, about, you know, the, the waves of immigrants and, you know, keep keep uh, England white and all this kind of stuff. Um, and so while the sort of um, paragon example of this is the Nazi dehumanization of Jews we have sadly lived through and mm. continue to live through, including you know some of the hatred of refugees in in France and in Germany um, that parallel this pretty exactly in terms of the talk of roaches and all of that. Um, and obviously this serves as a example for why that's completely messed up and unacceptable and should not be tolerated in the civilized culture
0: yeah that, the the thing is and that yeah' and that's the thing like, should it shouldn't be tolerated the problem like I said the, the interesting part of this though is when he when he sort of has his mask removed and after at the, the end of it all, and he gets to see this doctor Arquette who talks to him and takes him through the, he fully explains it like actually as a human species, like he says, well, the problem is we're actually too compassionate, you know, he says, yeah we sort of know that we know this shouldn't happen and actually just giving it to normal people to do it's too hard. Like and he goes through these examples of um you know World War One where I, the, War know, War people II, yeah people firing above other people and have been forced to then shoot at the enemy and the the impact that had and he says about sort of well it led to better training more conditioning that that and that led to Vietnam but we then know that really sort of yeah. messed people up in their head and stuff. Now we've got this, you know you' we can reprogram you, we can send you out, we can change what you hear, smell, see, everything. You know, it's easier to kill something if you've dehumanized it because you're not looking at a person, and mass makes it literal what we can literally make this thing look inhuman. um, and I love that when it's like, yeah, you know, yeah, but but also. The doctor is a, is a full believer, which makes you sort of think of these sort of like doctors, of, you know, obviously he's a doctor, Um, you know, you think of the doctors and in concentration camps and all these other things when they came up with the final solution. And so other thing, the same idea of when he lists off, you know, they've got like MS and lupus and all the, the diseases and, and illnesses he lists off. Some of them, some of them curable today, and but he's like, yeah, but it's still like yeah, they they have a weakness in their DNA, and so you don't want that for your kids, do you? Uh, it's this, it's this idea of pure blood, isn't it? Again, this pure, mm-hmm. and and one of the things I was interested in about this was, and I don't know if I'm maybe I'm reading more into this, because the idea of pure bloodline, you know, keeping pure, is often associated with, you know, again going back to this this Nazi. Uh, ideology is the Aryan race is very much sort of like you know the the blonde hair blue eyed strapping Nordic kind of Scandinavian look is was very much things and that yet our lead uh, our lead character is this um, this black character mm-hmm. you know and that mm-hmm. sort of felt an interesting thing where they're like oh purity isn't about race so much anymore as but they are definitely still othering people with these illnesses Mm. and that. So I thought that was kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I think that's interesting too. I also think that it sort of mirrors some of the contradictions of these uh racist theories, right? Mm. Um it's very strange that Adolf Hitler, who did not was not a strapping guy with blue eyes and blonde hair, would, you know, idolize a Nordic type, right? Which is dramatic, (laughs) right? I mean very, very bizarre. And yet yet you have these contradictions. Um, and I, I think you're right to uh, point out that character, uh, of that psychologist, by Michael Kelly, who, you know, I think is most known for uh, House of Cards, playing mm. Doug Stamper, the assistant, and, and quite brilliantly. And I think he's really fun to watch. He comes off as very smart. But mm. You never really know, you know, I mean, he's a true believer. But you never really know how much of this is really science and how much of this is pseudoscience. And it seems like it's all pseudoscience. Yes. Um, And it evokes kind of the pseudoscience of eugenics and sort of measuring crania and stuff like this, Um, you know, in which these racial racist theories. I mean, we have, you know, parallels today are given a kind of pseudoscientific justification that then allows somebody to say, Oh right, this isn't, you know, certainly in the case of the Jews, this isn't a medieval dumb medieval prejudice, right? This mm. is actually backed up by science,
0: you know? <laughs>
1: and this is logical and smart.
0: Well, what I thought was interesting about that is when he's listing off um the the things that are being classed as those, you know, the otherings, that sort of thing. Um like you say, he is, he is, he's a, he's a psychologist, psychiatrist, or psychologist. Like, you know, he, very, he comes across as very smart, very calm, very level headed. You know, everything he's saying is he's almost like, say, a nonsense, but like the way he says it, it's clearly, he's trying to sound reassuring and and, and, and confident. But the thing that, that came to my mind as he was listing off that list is how easy it is to add to that list. You know, like, oh, it's this, this, and this. And then today, it's also this and this. So these are these new people have been now now been de- designated as roaches, and we've updated the the mass software, and now those are seen as, um, you know, being mm. d- undesirables that need to be killed off. Like, you know, you've basically just sort of like you've you've got an army that can just be pointed at any one person or group of people, and that's it. You know, they are just, I like said, dehumanized. Um, it, it's based on pseudoscience, but it's also based on um like the will of a, a senior group isn't it that's the thing okay it, it makes you wonder is there an ideology behind this
1: yeah well i mean a couple of points about that one is just the historical observation that societies that turn on their own um mm-hmm. uh, as obviously german jews were their own they were fully german mm-hmm. um you know in the same way you know both of our cultures have had you know um uh, purges of people who were citizens and non-citizens, yeah. but who clearly were under the state's protection and not treated as such. Um, you know, just as refugees are under the protection of, of those they come to there are international laws for this. Um, you know, those societies inevitably tend to turn on yet more within the core constituent group.
0: So, yeah.
1: you know, I mean, any, like, theocracy that started with going against Catholics, you know, uh, then starts to purge the, you know, Protestants who don't believe the right Mm. thing, right? And just keeps doing it until it's overthrown. Always has to be a new other. I think that when I look back on American history, I see a lot of this. I see, you know, the first Red Scare. I see, you know, the second Red Scare. You know, in the middle you have, you know, the anarchists the war on anarchists, the war on, you know, these Germans who are coming over with these these radical ideas, the war on just the concept of the left. Um, And then, you know, we get out, it's the Vietnamese, it's, you know, the communists, it's the Russians, and then it becomes, you know, Arabs and terrorists. And it seems like, you know, I mean, Saddam Hussein is the next Adolf Hitler. We've got to Mm. stop him before it's too late. Um, It seems as if, all of these wars and all of these um, certainly wars, but xenophobic movements are are grasped at some new other, right, um, or an old other. But it's almost as if that is irrelevant, right? Mm. It's the other of convenience mm. and history is rewritten and, in order to fit the needs of the day. You know, like the fact that they were, you know, or at least some Muslims who fought in the American Revolution suddenly becomes not important. You know, yeah. like, I mean, the yeah. fact that the American Revolution was founded as an irreligious revolution, right, uh, as an enlightenment project becomes suddenly unimportant because of the ideological needs of the day. And so your point is very key. But it brings me to this question you brought up earlier of technology and sort of like, how does this work? So you're saying like they can use it on other mm. um, other people? How does it know somebody's like, DNA? You know, I mean, like if we think the parallels like the Gypsies or or something like that or the Jews, right? I mean, there isn't really like Judaism is a complex example, right? Because there is Jewishness as a people. But there's also a religion yeah. and there's no shared Jewish DNA right there. You can trace somebody to being like Akonashi Jewish or something, but you can't identify somebody as, you know, my ancestors, are, uh, my ancestors in, on my father's side came from Poland. You can't test Polish DNA and say, that's Jewish DNA. Yeah, You know, I mean, it's all intermixed. mixed. I mean, yeah. you know, which is a complex thing. But, um, you know, let's say that you could have, I mean, could test by DNA. Um, is, are these uh, mass devices scanning people's DNA? There's no evidence for that. How do they, I mean, is there a database of faces? Clearly that wouldn't be sufficient with children and things like this. So it's not really clear how this is done. And in a way, the fact that it's capable of being done at all does suggest some kind of genetic difference Mm. that in a way undermines the plot. But I think that's a very minor quibble.
0: Yeah, no, I agree there. Like you so, say, and there's is the thing that's a lot of these technologies, like you're not really supposed to sort of ask how it works. But that did bother me, I was, was a bit like, because the other thing I thought that was interesting, I know it's playing in with your senses, stops your sense of smell, changes what you see, you know, or what and what you hear. So it's got to be very, very specific because someone can be shouting for help whilst they're being attacked by a roach but you can hear the help call but you'll hear the growls and the grunts of a roach so that's Mm -hmm. two sets of that's two sets of auditory information coming in being um, interpreted in different ways outside of a room as well by the way that should be clear, Mm -hmm. should be noted that he hears noise and runs into the room so you know you haven't even got to be within visual shots so that suggests there's almost like a network of information going around this this mass you're connected with us, which is shown because they are all looking at the same thing when they um look at the the schematics of that house fine but again the other thing is when we look at like the schematics of the house and they get like uh, some other sort of like, information pops up in front of their eyes and you have sort of stripe popping his hands through it and stuff, which I thought that was kind of cool as well. To see that there's a depth to the, uh, to the, mm. to the presentation. Um, it looks like a computer graphic yet when they are looking at these roaches, mm. like it's doing, you know, I would say photorealistic effects or, or scrambling onto these people's faces to make them look like a vampire from 30 days of night. So that's an advancement in technology as well. Like, you know, it's not a blurring, it's not something other or making them hideous. It's giving them a face that's recognizable, but is slightly animalistic. Um, So yeah. yeah. It's
1: doing movie level CGI in real time, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think the only, you're right about that. And I think the only way to square that is to think that that ability to of the math device to do that is deliberately being obscured by representing things as computer graphics and limiting the way that technology's capabilities are shown to people. But that psychiatrist could reference that, right? Like it would take a line of dialogue to explain that um, and say, obviously, if we show that this can control everything, um, you would become suspicious. Right. Yeah. And so, for that reason, we've done this.
0: Yeah. Or even a case of like, yeah, you get the pop-up, but like you know, that's the the, we will show you pop-up graphics. That's an output of like we are sending you information, Mm. but also it's it's pushing it. You know. Um, some, something into your brain. So your brain is actively filling in the gaps when it looks at these kinds of people. Like it's not the mass that's making, which would be mm. even more interesting. It's not the mm. mass that's creating this facial feature, it's your brain. In which case, the roaches look, could look completely different for each person that looks at them. They are looked at, upon as another, as a danger, and as an animal, but like he sees them as these vampiric, growling things raymond might look at them and see something a bit different or you know that sort of thing
1: yeah this gets into some of the deeper problems that i have with this technology so mm. i mean there are a few other technologies shown one is this sort of translator device on people's chest which is kind of cool but mm. also like it's 2016 so like we have those um You know, certainly today we do.
0: Yeah, yeah, talking to my phone. There you go, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, and I I remember being in Europe and seeing people doing that on their phones, uh, you know, and I was like, oh my God, what what are they using? You know, that's the first time I saw that. It's like, that's from Star Trek. (laughs) Um, But then um, there's also the, importantly, the ability to wipe memories. Mm,
0: So at,
1: at some point you discover that, right, you know, that the main character... Stripe has sort of agreed to all this and the acting in that recording is brilliant. Yes. I mean it's clear like he's a different person back then he was younger and you know less serious and I, I think yet still clearly kind of the same character with sort of the same manner as. I, and I thought I was really impressed with that sequence but they clearly have the ability to wipe memories and also wipe memories from like the last week or so mm. as a selective periods yeah yeah Yeah. So that's a whole different technology that they have. Um, And then there is this sort of green light device that short circuits the mass, not immediately, but over time. And I think that is actually the most annoying thing to me, because the only explanation given for it is that it really is a light that you're told... Gets into the mass device and acts like a virus. You
0: know, yeah, like it, it, projects a, like... it projects a code into the mass, is what he says. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's not very convincing. Um, but, okay. I, I mean, it's a little out of control with this technology. And to your questions about the villagers and whether people can see different things, we're explicitly told the villagers see them as people, but still hate them, which gets to like, You know, there were a lot of Polish villagers, you know, villages that when the Nazis rolled in said, there are the Jews over there, go kill them. Um, You know, and hatred of gypsies was very strong. You know, the Romani people, Mm. you know, so, you know, that gets to the deeper levels of xenophobia. But I still wonder, like, doesn't anyone draw, like, nobody's like, draw me, you know, like, let's have our... Right, draw me a roach. Draw me what this guy looked like. Well, they think they're roaches. So, but nobody in the village says I could draw you a picture of what he looked like, or you know, they were older men. You know, uh, like older men. What are you talking about? I mean, there are lots of ways in which this could part. go wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the other one is like say when we. um I, I I want to get back to the villages because there's something out. You know, you. So I will get to this point first. You say about the villages, they lose the food. We talk about the othering as well. So I want to touch on this point. None, they won't touch the food that the roaches have touched. So you, you know, this is really building up to this idea of these are going to be like the xenomorphs from um, aliens, or it's going to be like the toxic avenger. Like this is going to be something really insanely sort of messed up. But the thing this has just just sprung to mind is a bit like with AIDS as well. You talk about the othering of people. This idea of, of like you know, oh I can't touch that because he has HIV or he has AIDS, and then like you know, but that's not how it transmits. That's not how it works. Yeah, but I'm you know uh, you've you've told me that there's something wrong with this person or these this group of people, and so forth. I, I'm not going to touch that thing or I'm not going to eat off the same plate or whatever. Again, this idea, you know, this 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 othering and, and misunderstanding of the way these things work. So I like how this is bringing up all those, just as a human nature, just bringing up this these notions of these things we have. Um, the other thing I want to point out is, is talking about the technology, when um, Stripe is in with Dr. Arquette, um and he's being punished, and he says that, "You know, you've got two choices, either reset mass and get it back to how you were, or you are going to go into incarceration and you're going to get to experience you killing those two people or two roaches again, again, again. Well, the footage that he is presented is with is the actual footage, so and it's caught through his eye, so the mass is recording that back to a source and showing people. So again, I'm like, oh, so it's it's not it's recording the reality, and sending that back to a thing. It's but it's it's projecting a non-reality or an augmented reality out, so that um stripes brain is processing something different like you say, there's just this levels of complexity in this technology where i'm like i always think about this thing with when, when, you know the more cars have is like you know the more it has the more can go wrong mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like i know i know simple software tools that get used in businesses that have bugs daily like people are ringing up and sort of saying this is broken that's broken or like this must be like you know maintaining this for military and also like in combat like you know mm. um not just flashing lights but like if they take a bang to their head or you know whatever else um like, you know how is, it, is this yeah it just feels t- too risky to be honest <laughs>
1: uh. yeah well that sequence and again i really like what he says about the history of world war one war two vietnam etc i mean all of that's basically right yeah um you know and and there's a i think you know most people don't know that stuff but you know and and that's important uh to understand but um you're right that uh you know this does present a a, a sort of problem here
0: yeah but it's it's I'm trying to get past it. It's almost one of those things where I'm going to go, I'm going to give it this mm. again, where I'm like, because some of the technology I really like this idea that this theme they're going with for the other ring and stuff, but it does bother me when they keep going and, and it can do this and it can do this. Mm. And you're a bit like, stop adding to this because you're overcomplicating mm-hmm. this. Like just stick with what you had before, like keep it limited. Um, right. Cause that was working. Um, and I think so. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm sort of having to give it, to give it things because mm. I'm liking a bulk of what it's doing. Um, a bit like with the last episode, we were saying that we're like, you know, with the the San Junipero. Like I'm liking all this stuff, so I'm going to give it some of the stuff at the end. Mm. And the same with this. I agree. I like that well, video. This is where I almost wanted to see. Like, why did he join up? Was this like? Did he have a choice? Was he? uh was just like you know. Right, it's the same thing. You either go to prison or you join the military and get given mass, or you know one of those things. I'll be interested to see what was his motivation for joining the army. Um, that was the other thing I was curious because then I was thinking I'd like to see Ray's video, this Raymond's video, or like, what's her video like? Is it her going like, I want to join up to wipe out roaches? You know, mm-hmm. were there people yeah. more, like instantly willing to do it? I don't know. That'd be interesting to me.
1: Well, and probably they didn't want the Starship Troopers parallel to be so exact that we had yes. like recruitment videos and yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. then them talking to the recruitment officers, although I still would have liked that. Yeah. Um you were talking about this video of, you know, what actually happened. And I think it's a very effective scene. Um, it really brings home the horror and that the horror of actually killing people and the PTSD effects that that inevitably has on a human mm. being who's not completely sociopathic. Having said that, there's a quibble, a sort of annoyance that I always have with stuff like this, with <laughs> augmented reality, which is the size and shape and actual actions of people, right? So... Like, if you map a uh, baseball bat, you know, and onto a baseball bat, a, you know, fantastic hammer with spikes on it or whatever. Yeah. Right. That the, you can't have characters getting hit with the front of that hammer because it's, it's not, not there. there. Right. Yeah. yeah. They have to be only reacting when they get hit with the base of that hammer, which is parallel to the baseball bat. Okay. So, I mean, this is a little quibble. And for the most part, That's not a problem in that Redox version Mm -hmm. of it. But then when you have him stabbing the guy, the guy isn't even fighting back. And, you know, in the Roach battle, he's clawing, he's, you know, clearly a threat. And, And so I wonder, is the augmented reality capable of making you feel strikes and see strikes that aren't even there? In which case, like, why does it not... Then go even further and have the you know the the roaches you know possessing weapons that they don't really have mm. and leveling up at the soldiers to encourage them to kill. I mean that to me is a bigger annoyance. I don't know how much. Of a I don't. I don't, it think,
0: is. I don't think that's intentional. I think, and I mm. I thought the same because it it didn't feel like like for like. And I like I kind of like these things when when they're done really well and you see a scene from two different perspectives and they'll, they'll act it out or it's filmed at the same time and you you see and they go it's exactly the same event but seeing it from a different perspective all of a sudden gives it another um you know another perspective as it were like you get to see it from a different angle or whatever i like that this this felt a little bit at times, like, although it seemed from his eyes, it felt too. It felt different. And it, it sort of ring. It rang true. The thing I thought about, because at the end of it, you see the guy, sort of like the person who's murdered, head falls to the side. And it's supposed to be a bit like a shocking, like, you killed this person. And it felt a little bit to me, like, and we've called it out with things in the past. Even off air, I think we've talked about it. You know, when you're like in Star Trek, or you'll have like, or any TV show, and they'll be like, we have footage of that event, you know, like, I think they, they do it in like Star Trek 3 when they talk about the death of Spock. And you'd be like, mm. we have footage of that event. And you go, that footage is really well edited and very well lit. And <laughs> you capture <laughs> lots all of the close right. Ups. Yeah, <laughs> lots of close ups and all the right angles and all that sort of thing. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, that's it, yeah. And it, this felt a little bit like that, where I'm like, they're showing him the worst possible version. It's not like for like. Mm. And then in my head, I'm like, is that on purpose or is it just a. Was it a, a choice to sh- to make it f- to make him feel worse, or you know, was it just they're just, they're just bad at continuity? Um, I wasn't sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, and maybe that if the guy on the ground is really fighting back, you might feel like, oh no, that's still self defense, right? Maybe you shouldn't have engaged in the first place, but at this point, you know, yeah, you're defending you're really yourself and for it. your life, yeah, yeah, and you could still feel for that human being on the ground who didn't want to be attacked and and is protecting themselves but i mean it's just presented in a sort of manipulative like they're just lying there and you viciously stab them in the chest over and over again and while i like the episode i felt like that was kind of manipulative and overdone and as you say not like for like
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I do, and that it does sort of stand out. But you talk about it being manipulative, and that but that does feel like in keeping with the episode, because it's all about manipulation. And we've seen how much they can change things. So I'm almost gonna I'm almost thinking in my head like they've made this he, you know, he's feeling empathy and compassion, and he's feeling regret and remorse for what he's done. And this video makes him out to be even more brutal and vicious than he actually was like you say he still because he could still argue and say yeah it was it it was but you know we like you said we shouldn't have engaged in but this person that was you know trying to keep us away but at the end of the day they would have killed me just as much as i'd have killed them and so it was self-defense but this video say takes that away a little bit so it hurts even Mm -hmm. more so i think you know i could read it as saying like they've manipulated it to hurt him even more to be like well this is what you're gonna have to watch on an endless loop if you choose incarceration. Um, so I'm kind of, again, you know, on that fence of going like, okay, maybe it was done on purpose. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, it's it's a, a good, it's a good episode. Actually, I want to sort of think about the, um, the end of this. So the choice he makes mm-hmm. um, is shown at the end. So he goes back uh, you know, he's shown this video, and he clearly chooses to go back into the military and have his mass reset.
1: Well, first we should say that he has been having the dreams that he has, that are sort mm. of control for their sexuality as a reward, are of a uh, black woman who we presume is his wife or his significant other. And when the mass is malfunctioning, he sees many of copies of them, and you it know, glitches, and it's just, yeah, yeah. And so that's a cool scene as well. That,
0: actually, that's where it sort yeah. of freaks him out. That's very well done.
1: Yeah, and, and actually pretty gutsy for sort of sexual content. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it doesn't really pull its punches. Um, but then also the psychiatrist says we can erase this. You know, you can live with this guilt forever in prison, or we can erase this, and you know, so that's the choice that he's given.
0: Mm. So, yeah, go ahead. No, so yeah, so yeah, no, you know, I was, I was just sort of I was just agreeing. Yes, he does. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the end, the way it's presented at the end then? Because he shows him in uniform, doesn't it? Going to the house.
1: Well, I am very confused by this ending. I, okay. I am utterly flabbergasted by this ending. I, I think I know what it's trying to do emotionally. So, he sort of goes back home and he's in uniform, implying that he has chosen to forget this. -hmm. As it seems he would because he's so upset by seeing what the the true events, yeah, yeah, and you know, and and this is sort of a sort of classic Brooker, sort of like cynical, like, yeah, the truth matters less than our comfort, even for the good guys. Okay, I get that, but but to you know, then he cries, um, you know, he sort of sees his girlfriend/wife significant other coming out of the house looking beautiful with the radiant sun and that's a sort of uh ranch style house mm. and we see the reality is just a you know almost shuttered broken down old house and nobody is coming out of it um and he sheds a single tear and that's that's the end of it so i think That the tear is supposed to represent that somewhere inside him, although they've erased his memory, he knows it's not true. Some part of his brain knows this isn't true, right? And has been broken by this. But I really am troubled by this because assuming that he's he's really at the broken down house, right? Now we're left to believe that he's like, what is he gonna eat for food? You know, yeah. like he's gonna it's be become mad, like
0: I, I, Is he like, like except, he's like with the he's like with the Lost Boys, he's eating imaginary food and sort of like Yeah,
1: yeah like the mass device the mass thing is gonna make him I keep saying mass device, like it's the GI Joe animated, <laughs> but like the the mass thing is going to make him imagine that he's having sex with her and he's kissing her and they're talking it's now inventing a character and inventing whole conversations and and all of this and he's not able to detect it so now we've got a you know very sophisticated ai running this and he's going to be in a broken down home which you can make look good but again there's no, there's no food. And also, there are things about a broken down home, like falling through the floor or hurting yourself on a nail or things like that that you can't gloss over. And I find at this point what they've got that mask thing doing utterly preposterous. Yeah. The idea that you would actually send somebody home to a broken down house and just make them imagine shore leave is, I think, utterly preposterous.
0: And this is where I saw this and I linked it with um, the last episode. And I was like, well, why don't you have it? instead of it showing a broken down house, like show him in a bed using the San Junipero technology? And they're like, <laughs> Yeah, he's accepted he is back in the military, but they don't let him go off site. They actually put them into a VR world and then they'll take him out. And then, mm-hmm. then he carries on with his work, you know, with his with his military work. Yeah, I don't know. The ending is 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 really weak. It sort of it feels like I say, cause he'll be talking with it, like you say, um, and then that means that means this thing's going to be generating answers for a conversation and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, okay, we're now into like full, you know, full-blown Philip K. Dick level science fiction fantasy. And I'm like, um, okay, this, this isn't what this started as. Um, so I agree with you about that. The ending sort of I like this idea though that he knows because one of the key things they talk about is about um the um taking the mass for the first time and knowing that you're going to have certain things forgotten. Because they say to him in that, that recruitment video, they say, look, you will not remember this conversation. And he doesn't. Like, he says, like, who, like when was this? Like, I have no memory of this. That so they can reset which yeah, I the yeah, way he's adamant, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, because he was, like, and he says, like, it was only six months ago as well. Like, they highlight, like, mm. it's not that long ago. And he, like, he thinks he has a much longer... Almost like military Chris. So they must have given like a full backstory or whatever. So I'm fine with that, doing that sort of thing. Fine, you keep it inside that. But I like this idea of willingness because they say to him in the training video, like, you've got to be willing. We can't force you to do this. It's about willingness. And he's like, yeah, man, I'll do this. And he puts his thumb down and that's it. So that implies that when you see him in the soldiers, in, in, in the uniform at the end, that there was a willingness where he's seen the alternative and he's willing to accept the thing, but that empathy, that, that compassion still exists in him. And he, you know, it's sort of still just looking for a way to break out that bit. I like, but then it's almost like you say, taken completely away. When you do go, the rest is ending. makes no sense. And I'm like, you could have either, there's another way of doing this. Like, you know if anything, have him. Jo- if anything, like Universal Soldier style, just have him rejoin the troop. You know, have it like he's joining back with Raymond, and him and Raymond are back, sort of like you know, hoorah, sort of like back on it, and they're like, they're like as if it's forgotten and stuff. And then have the tear or something. But like,
1: see, so, I mean, I kind of understand the ending from an emotional level, right? Because- yeah. You know, the girl is representing his kind of like emotional anchor. She is the sort of civilian life, the only representation of civilian life outside of that Danish village. Um, She represents what he's fighting for, right? And his reward, right? That he would do well in the military, presumably get some money, get some respect or whatever, and be able to have love and a home or or whatever else so symbolically she represents sort of why he's doing it all right especially in the traditional tropes of an action movie a military film
0: a yellow ribbon you know kind of thing he's coming home
1: right and so to have even that be taken away from him that basically like his dreams were implanted and but then you know is i think emotionally right there's a sort of like beautiful aspect to that ending that i think i can understand why creators would go for but it just doesn't make any sense and it no, really, no yeah
0: no. that's it the raises,
1: problem like was she always alive or
0: did they yeah. create no, her? She, no yeah you're led to believe she's just a fabrication because they talk about mm-hmm. being a dream and all this other stuff and like, oh, we will make your dreams really good like that's what you, like you say I see what you're saying like from a creator as well but you've got to say like the story's got to make sense it's, it's for me it's even it's more tragic seeing that oh at the back of this he's just rejoined the troop and he's back out on another roach hunt tomorrow Like that's mm-hmm. more tragic like this has been forgotten and now he's off to do it all again like that that feels more hard hitting where I'm like oh man you know they've done it they've broken him he's gone back out to do you know kill again um there is no you know, under there is no Roach Underground or anything like that. There's no Roach Railroad where they're sort of like he's able to join and become like the saviour of these groups of people. No, he's back on he's been he's been reset, like I say, universal soldier style and he's off Mm -hmm. to to kill some people. So yeah. Anyway, we are we are coming to you can
1: see him literally killing people and, you know, just hammer the point home. Like yeah. Yeah. But again I do like I do like the just as a final thought i do like the message and i think that message and what it's trying to say i think you've elucidated how the levels of technology and the multiple technologies involved just keeps asking really kind of spiral yeah. out of control here um and there is isn't a sense of a wider world you know what was this war you know what's the rest of the world look like we don't really know Um, you know, who are these soldiers? What's their relationship to the Danish people? We don't really know. Um, you know, so I mean there are a lot of questions here. I'm willing to abandon them, you know. I don't need every question answered, but the technology and the logic kind of really flies out the window by the end, but it has so much heart,
0: yeah, and
1: the performances really keep it Mm -hmm. um, you know, at a high level. And I really enjoyed this and I and this was always one of my uh more favorite episodes of the show.
0: No, I agree. I really enjoyed this one. I see its flaws, I do. And they are they are increasingly towards the end as things sort of get a bit, you know, say the spiral out of control. I'm not surprised he doesn't just take off and fly home or something shit like that. You know, this is getting like matrix level silly. Um but yeah, but the rest of it's good. I think it's solid. I like the message the message it gives. I think the performances are strong, um, and I, I think just the way it's shot as well. I think there's certain bits that just look really cool, and it sort of works in its sort of um, you know, in lowish budget kind of small scale kind of story. So yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm happy with this episode. Uh, I'd watch this one again. Okay. Any final thoughts then for um, Men Against Fire?
1: No, I, I'm no. Uh, I'm good. I guess I'm against fire.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we're all against roaches. Um <laughs> uh so anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. And if you enjoy what we're doing, please leave a review uh, on your podcast catcher. Uh and if you like it's even more than that, go check out our Patreon where we do all kinds of different bits and pieces more episodes like this for the twilight zone and additional bonus content linked with films that we do on the main feed and so much more go check out five pound a month and you get a whole host of amazing uh, extra content from us um but yeah anyway for now uh thank you very much thank you for listening and we shall see you on the next episode
1: stream